Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, definitely make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode, if there's a particular guest you'd like to hear from, um, or a topic that you want us to cover. We're always checking comments on YouTube and love to be able to take your guys' suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today I'm going to be chatting with Johnny from Stainless Diesel. I wanted to catch up with him after UCC, chat with him about his fantastic performance, what the atmosphere was like, the competition, and get his thoughts on it. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it though, I want to remind you guys, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide discount code for you. Just use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Get 20% off site-wide. They've got a ton of different models to meet any budget. So if you're in the market for a knife for EDC, you're hunting, fishing, or one of their latest models is the Duralock. Has a really smooth opening mechanism, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. They have a bunch of different choices for blade style, handle, um, design, and the blade's made out of D2 still. So definitely make sure to head on over, check them out if you're in the market, pick up some cool gear. All right, let's get to today's episode with Johnny from Stainless Diesel, talking about UCC, his performance, uh, recap the event, what the atmosphere was like. Johnny, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today post-UCC and uh, chat about the event, the experience, the car. I saw you guys did really well, and so I'm looking forward to chatting with you today and seeing how everything went for you. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Uh, having a good time. Uh, back from UCC playing catch-up, basically, and uh, just hey. uh, a wild weekend. Yeah. Well, I, I think we chatted last time, like, right before the first race of the season, and um, I know you were really excited you went out there and and did really really well and then i know ucc is kind of you know shortly after that um were there any make any major changes or things you wanted to do from that first race going into ucc with the car the setup um anything you needed to really dial in or change or was it pretty seamless just kind of hitting the ground running uh for the most part um we went to rockingham and did what we came to do uh the first race out you know cutting the car apart after the mishap, um, kind of getting things back to base. And uh, it went straight and fast at Rockingham. Um, unfortunately, we had a like a system failure on one of the solenoids that opens up and injects the water into the engine to help keep things happy. Um, second pass there, we melted a piston uh, with no water injection coming on. So uh, right after Rockingham, essentially we re- rebuilt the engine um, took it down to Mr. Jeremy Wagler's and uh, six new pistons, one new sleeve. Um, just checking it out. Bearings look beautiful, but we went ahead and put new ones in anyway. Um, and then looked at the data and we figured we could probably go like in the 4.0 range with just a small tweak from that 4.14. So we we were kind of, you know, uh, Monday morning quarterback and kind of deal all the way up to UCC. And uh, our first lick down the track at UCC, um, it kind of took what we were throwing at it, um, but the conditions were quite a bit different. You know, that track tip was really hot. Uh, later in the day there, it was like 140 degrees, and um, 
the attractive effort that the rubber has when it gets hot like that, it just kind of turns a little greasy. So it didn't take what we were throwing down at it. So we had to back it down a little bit um, and just kind of race the track at that point. So this, I, I, I've wanted to go to UCC forever and it always has seemed like I'm super busy or something comes up. And I know there's two different sides of it. There's the racing side where you're going um, you know, with your team, your, your, your car, and you have a mission to do. But then there's also the side of there's a ton of diesel enthusiasts that are there. So mm-hmm. I was curious what it's like from your perspective um, once you get there. I think you know, probably get there on a Thursday. Um, but like Friday, once the crowd starts showing up, walk me through what it's like balancing those two, getting the vehicle ready, your team ready. And then there's also, you know, people who are fans and and stop by or there's a booth. What's it like balancing all the attention with the mission that you're on to go perform and do the best that you can? Well, we we generally have a plan when we show up there. UCC is like the the biggest event of the year for us, you know. Um, That's one we definitely always do a booth at. So we always kind of bring in some extra people um, and kind of set up the the booth early, you know, Thursday. And... um, then kind of go set up the racing side and um, essentially just, uh, you know, get back after the racing side uh, after the booth set up. But during, uh, you know, like Friday morning, everybody keeps piling in, you know, um, there's some, there's some time in between the rounds that we get uh, for prepping stuff that we can, you know, talk to fans and kind of talk to dealers, talk to, uh, you know, racers and help them out. Um, we always bring a little bit of extra stuff to the track, you know, extra, extra gaskets, extra oil lines, uh, V-band clamps are a big one at the races. So we always um, kind of pay that forward to all the racers uh, when we're there. So everybody kind of knows we got some extra widgets if they need something. So we try to help everybody out that way too. So um, it's kind of, the day goes so fast. Um, and before you know it, you've been there, you know, eight or 10 hours and it's like, man, that just, <laughs> that just happened, you know? So, it's i bet it's it's really interesting when you combine like you mentioned dealers that you have and then truck owners and and people that are there to watch the kind of questions that you get were there any that stood out over those three days um you know as being common ones or or really interesting questions things that you got i definitely got some good questions over the weekend um you know just just from like your your uh, uh from the racing standpoint um, with a lot of the racers being on on track, you know, so we get a lot of a lot of guys that are first time uh, enthusiasts, you know, that want to come and race. And uh, really, kind of a neat thing that Levon does every year at UCC um, is he'll pair up some pro drivers to some some people that want to learn and maybe at the track for the first time. And say they took a year to build a nice little hot rod and they want to they want to show it off at UCC, but they've never really had any track time. So. Um, giving some guys some tips and tricks on kind of like uh, how to approach the, the starting line and how to, you know, make everything happen in a, in a fractions of a second, you know, wind up the turbo, um, roll the truck into the right staging beam, the first lights come on. Um, and then you're looking at the boost gauge. You're kind of looking at the competitor off to one side, uh, making sure they're winding theirs up at the same time. So you're not getting your transmission too hot. Um, and then kind of easing into that second light, say after their top bulb is lit so that you're both coming in similarly at the same time. And then 
looking back at the boost gauge to make sure you have enough boost when you leave and not too much and and competitors in and there's a lot going on and then oh yeah the lights came on so you have to hit the pedal and let off the brake at the same time so there's a lot of stuff going and then uh the, the gentleman that i helped um he had switches set up to where you know you you take off you hit a lockup switch and then you hit an overdrive switch and as a driver that doesn't have a lot of seat time that's a lot going on in just a few seconds it's that's a, a really interesting point of something I, I was talking about somebody with is when you're when you're learning something and i think a lot of truck enthusiasts we want to do things ourselves whether it's working on them building them doing stuff and we can go out there and it's fun and you get hooked and how much time you can save by just asking for some advice or some help or understanding all those things, you can save yourself a bunch of trips to the track, a bunch of mistakes, a bunch of things you've learned over your whole career of racing. That is, is really important. So I think that's, that's something that's really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that um, some of the pro drivers are, you know, paired with people who are wanting to learn to be able to help them with that learning curve and just pick it up a little bit quicker and, um, kind of speed up their process of, of having fun with what they built. Oh yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I think it, you know, it helps people be more energized to get into the sport. And then um, I think everybody there is just wanting to see everyone do, do well, you know, especially if it's, they're, they're just getting their feet wet uh, with the racing side, whether it's just a, you know, literally just like a stock truck going in to race ET bracket. And sometimes that's the funnest stuff of all, you know, it's simple, but it's like, um, you know, just getting seat time, you know, getting used to how things operate and playing the starting line game. And um, some, there's some, you know, there's some, uh, I don't know, driver tips and tricks that we can throw down on like how to stage and um, things like that. But if you're racing that ET bracket class, um, you got to make sure you don't run too fast. And uh, if you're way in front of the guy, I'm, you know, I tell guys, you know, maybe look over and hit the brakes a little bit. You don't want to break out or essentially go faster than your time that you wrote on the window and uh you know play it safe in that aspect but if you're side by side at the end hope you guessed right on your uh et that you wrote on the window so it's it's fun you know it's a learning curve for a lot of guys but um take it all with a grain of salt and, and every mistake is kind of not really a mistake it's just a learning experience so uh the more you more you get under the belt for passes the better you get at it I was just thinking of something that, you know, for somebody in the future, you know, the next UCC, or maybe they see you someplace at another race and they want to ask a question. So I think if I wanted to, I don't know, say I had a, a sport I really liked, um, say I just like to play, I, I don't know, just pick a sport like basketball. I like to do a pickup game or something. And then somebody said, Hey, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, or, you know, any of these guys that are huge, they're going to come give you some tips. I'd be so nervous or I'd be so hesitant to go up and talk to them or ask them a question. What would you tell somebody if they see you, um, you know, at really any event or just in general, if there's some place and they see somebody they look up to and they're, they're kind of just hesitant to ask, or it's just hard for them to do it. What would you tell them? Well, I was going to say like, you know, we all put our pants on the same way and uh, it's like, I, I like to feel that I'm pretty, pretty approachable at the races. You know, sometimes I might have my, my hands, uh, greasy or pouring in some fuel or, you know, working on something in the car. So, I mean, 
uh, long as I'm not just like underneath something or in the middle of something, um, you know, definitely come up and hit me up if you got some questions. So now when, when you go, you know, on say on Friday and you're doing the testing, what's, what's that like for, for you guys getting the team put together, the, the vehicle, um, you'd mentioned the, the track conditions and just paying attention to that. It seems like so many variables that I'm sure you're very dialed in to know what to do through your experience. Um, but for those of us that aren't that familiar with it or we're interested, but we want kind of the inside look, how does, how does that first day progress? So we, we, over the years, we've developed kind of a style and, and thank God, you know, the team members have been essentially the same for many years. So we all kind of have our spots that we like to fit into and, and things that we specialize in. Each individual is, is, uh, has their own little uh, corner that, of, of items that they do and things that they check, which is very crucial when there's so many things to be on top of, you know, one, one mistake at, at these speeds, you know, can make uh, bad things happen really quick. So we try to be really consistent on um, what we're looking at and paying attention to at every race. And especially on Fridays, you know, because prepping the car prior, you know, we're going over all the nuts and bolts just to make sure things that are supposed to be tight, stayed tight. Sometimes they get loose when the tires shake violently and things happen. So we, we typically um, go over everything after a pass, but, but for, before that first pass, you know, we're, we're primed and ready. We've got kind of a game plan. Um, Mr. Roy Courier, he's uh, and Stephen O'Neill. So those guys are along with junior. I mean, they usually um, while I'm in the car strapping in and all that good stuff, they are finally checking the track. Like we check it off and on all morning as it's getting prepped to kind of walk out to that hundred foot mark or that 200 foot mark. And then of course the starting line area. And that's like a critical a critical thing for us to see what we can manage. And it's just, just like the sled puller track guys, you know, they're, they're reading the track to see what, what kind of power they can throw at it. Uh, what's the best line to take um, best area to launch in. So reading the track is really critical for what we're doing. And then as temperatures rise, we make adjustments for temperature as far as um, like RPM that we can leave at or tire pressure or, and now in this case, you know, now we have wheelie bars to, to throw in the mix uh, with the pro mod uh, compared to the pro street truck. Um, so there's some things and dynamics that we all kind of have been used to doing, but it's more critical now than ever. Uh, so um, we'll make some, make some calls right there up to the last minute, uh, checking things out as far as like what lane to take because the shade on the track can change the temperature of one lane versus the other lane as much as 10 degrees or more sometimes. And then it might be in a favorable temperature, say in the hotter lane, for instance, if it's too cold, um, that's that's bad too. So we've got this little window we like to play in so far um, with the data that we have. So it's uh, it's kind of like uh, use all the data we had, go up to that track and see what it takes. And not every track's the same, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a whole other variable to it, not just even the track, but then the temperatures and the conditions and how everything is that day, it, it just makes it almost infinitely more variable with all the things you need to adjust and account for and then set it up for that particular morning or afternoon or whatever time you're racing, I'm sure it can vary a lot. Oh yeah. Yep. But yeah, we, we basically had like a, a four row tune up in the thing and uh, rolled the tires off there and we said, okay, it'll take this much and, until it won't. Um, and it's just one of those deals where you, know, you go in with a plan and 
you have to tune for the track and tune for conditions for sure. Uh, progressing, progressing from that, how how did you feel about how the um, how the car performed? What you know, I know that the competition level is so high, and you want to win everything. But if you look back on it now, how would you assess the performance of of the car itself, um, the team, you know, everything that that went into making it perform over that event? So the the addition this year, um, in, towards the last of in the last year or two, um, we were we were kind of UCC last year. My daughter came in, um, so she's uh, with the, with the pro mod. You know, you kind of do this big, crazy, smoky, long burnout, and uh, kind of walk it out there. You know, two hundred feet or so, um, and then there's a lot of backup distance. So she coming out and running down the track and and uh, kind of helping me back up. So the addition to the team there with. Uh, my daughter Brianna is pretty pretty good, and it's a proud dad moment thing for me too. So uh, it's pretty pretty neat to watch. And my son Junior, um, you know, he's he's on the keyboards, uh, making tuning calls back and forth, and then uh, lining me up at the line. This particular race um, on Saturday morning, my son had to be in a wedding, so he was he left uh, to go to a wedding Saturday morning, and uh, we kind of made the tuning calls Friday night, you know, for Saturday morning, knowing that the track would be a little different temperature. Um, little different conditions, um, and then uh, we made a made a pass, and Brianna lined me up on the line. Um, it's kind of critical as far as like you'll see the cars kind of bump in. You know, they'll we wind up the turbos, and you'll hit a button, and it bumps the chassis bumps a little bit. So we try to line up the the tire about uh, somewhere between five about five inches from the from the beam. So we. So when I bump the thing moves, you know, four or five inches, I have to bump it a couple, a couple times to get it in there. So a lot, there's a lot going on in just a few seconds. Um, but uh, as far as the team dynamics, you know, uh, he's, he's added uh, with Roy, Roy and her pack the parachutes and then uh, do some fuel. And then um, I've got this crazy water injection uh, tank that we fill the water injection with. That's kind of a neat, a neat system. It's uh, essentially a, a nitrous tank that we fill with water. And then uh, the nitrous system primes it with full nitrous pressure, like 900 pounds of pressure. And then um, it's got another, basically, uh, uh, like a nitrous solenoid that the water shoots through, some injectors into the, into the engine. And um, on a time-based deal, when we want to turn it on, we turn it on about less than a second from the time we leave on a four-second run. So it's uh interesting system there but uh mr steven steven o'neill he jumps on the nitrous bottles fills them up pressurizes everything checks for leaks keeps them full um manages temperatures and then steve lines me up so steve's got an eye for looking down track so the the guy that actually lines up the car is way behind the car um like in the water box essentially where you do your burnout looking down track the person in the front of the car looking at the driver, kind of giving you a little bit of direction, you know, move the car right, move the car left as I'm backing up, uh, is directed by the guy behind the car because you can see a, a straight line shot all the way to the finish line from the rear of the car. Um, a lot of guys think the guy in the front of the car kind of lines them up, but when you're seeing that dynamic, there's a lot going on um, at the same time. And then uh, Steve and Roy, between the two of them, they'll set the wheelie bars uh, before a pass. Uh, and that's pretty critical, just uh, within uh, probably an eighth of an inch 
Um, it can make the car want to take off and go left or take off and go right um, that we found out so far. So a lot going on in a short amount of time. I think that's where the team dynamic and the experience and the trust and everything else adds another dynamic to this that maybe if we're there in the stands, we don't think about, or we don't know the depth of it, but how much of that is, how much of of every pass is a team effort? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If one, if one spoke in the wheel is not there, um, it's definitely can throw a, throw a curveball at at you. Um, it's just, everybody's used to doing the same thing every time the same way. And if somebody misses something, say somebody's not there, then we kind of delegate, you know, um, and it's just, uh, yeah, no mistakes. I'm um, going that fast. How how happy were you with the performance of the car as far as time, speed, um, how everything came together? How would you recap those uh, those three uh, days from the car's perspective? Yeah, so I mean, uh, we're we were chipping away at trying to make it a little faster. Um, we had to soften, you know, the front half of the track to just race the track and uh, conditions. So like our like our 60 foot times, it's like that from a dead stop to like 60 feet out. There's a little time clock there, a little, little beam across the track that measures that distance. Um, 1.5 seconds, so point, or just 105, 1.05 seconds is what it, like our 60 foot time from a dead stop to get to that point. Um, is like a good getter down the track. We've been 103. We haven't really had time to test and wick up the front half too much. Um, but uh, real happy with it uh, on the front half being really consistent. Um, so we're going to push that. We get out and get testing here uh, before the next race down Bowling Green. I'd like to wick that up a little bit and try to see, find the limit, you know. Um, but we've got a good place where it just is comfortable. It'll it'll go down the track down, down there every time at that setup. Um, so try to be consistent there. Um, when we're racing in our class, I think we had seven seven people. Um, and I was number one qualifier. So we went, uh, like four eighteen, um, not too far off a record pass, but just, we couldn't push it past that on this track with the temperature that, that it was. Um, and we whipped up, uh, some horsepower down track. So in the pro street truck, we ran, uh, an average horsepower of around 2,800 horsepower. Um, and the car so far, we've been able to run down track at around 2,700 in that range. Um, we just have we've got about, we feel we have a, a solid 32 to 3,500 horsepower to play with, um, with the current combination without us, you know, changing the turbo around too much, but, um, we've got some plans to, to make more power than that in the future, but, uh, as long as the chassis takes it, um, as we finesse it down the track, but, uh, we set reset, uh, the mile an hour record, um, at the racetrack for ODSS. So 184.55. Uh, Wow. From ODSS. So we had the ET record um, where the Firepunk guys, I think they were 182 or something in that range, 183. So just a little bit quicker than they've been in the S10. So uh, the car did really well for what we were able to achieve in the hot temperatures and, and what was going on. Is, um, you know, I was just saying when you're talking about adjusting the car to the track, how rare is it to find a combination on any track or any race where you feel you can give full potential to power the setup 
everything because in in my mind and just listening to you and the experience of it is you got to read the track uh, maybe hour by hour day by day what time of year it is and then you have to adjust it for that does it ever line up where it's just completely perfect and it can go like full send and you're 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 confident in being able to do that (laughs) so usually um uh like say it was a sunny day out and uh get the track temp at like say 135 and it's a little little hot and then the cloud comes in it'll drop that track temp 10 15 degrees sometimes 20 so that 115 110 120 is like a a pretty good sweet spot to be in for us and the data that we have we know we can throw more at it you know we know we can just give it um a whole lot more off the off the line or off the lead and then um when you walk out um say 100 feet a hundred feet out from the starting line is about a transition point to where we are going from say say we leave it around thousand to twelve hundred horsepower on the on the starting line, and then we we ramp it up and say a second or a second and a half um, to you know that twenty eight twenty seven twenty twenty five hundred horsepower range um, slowly. Um, when we when we see conditions that are right, we know we can put more power in it sooner, say just a couple tenths of a second of ramping the power in sooner gives you a a whole lot better ET down the track. So it's just um, this new combination. uh, I think now we have uh, 19, have 24 passes on it right now. So we're still accumulating data. We're in the Pro Street truck. We had hundreds and hundreds of passes Um, and we just knew that thing inside and out. So it's just a matter of uh, getting more data and playing with this new Vermont chassis and the tires and to be able to get that level of data to, to really throw some some faster power or at it sooner. Um, I'll just uh, try not to take the tires off too soon. <laughs> it's one of the parts, I think back years ago when I first saw a diesel truck race and then you know, I'd read magazines or I'd get on YouTube and watch videos. And then I start to try to learn as much as I could. You know, I used to think, well, it's about power and it's about your 60 foot time and you just go and whoever has the most power wins. But what I've learned in doing podcasts, chatting with guys like yourself is how much science is vastly beyond that with so many different things. And it's really interesting to me to just hear information about at different setups and different things that, that are being done. It's, it's a very fascinating sport and it, um, I think it's something that once you, you know, like you'd mentioned, um, in the beginning, you know, being paired with somebody who's just kind of starting out is how much experience and things you guys have learned over the years that you can speed up that process for them, not to where they're able to handle say 3,500 horsepower, but they're able to, more quickly start to progress and learn these things. And I think ultimately, you know, the goal is to have more people wanting to race or wanting to do things to their truck and, and, and travel and go to places and just feel part of the community. And so I know that's why people are really interested in chats like we're having today is they get to, they get kind of a glimpse into all that goes in. Cause we see the car go down the track. We see the video. It's really cool, but there is so much more that goes uh, behind it and people really find a lot of interest in the science and the stories and the the team building the the experience part of it and that's what i love chatting about um 
you know, with, with you and yeah. just learning more about it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting for sure. It's like the, the data that we see on track with the turbocharger stuff and the transitional speeds and, you know, what shaft speeds can we get away with um, before a turbo wants to get damaged? You know, things that spin really, really fast um, can only spin to a certain speed uh, with success. You know, so like looking at that data that we see on track over the years and being able to, um, you know, log a bunch of data points and how much abuse will this piece of metal take and, you know, um, every piece of metal has a fatigue point, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a steel shaft and the turbocharger or a, a compressor wheel, a piece of aluminum, you know, various uh, alloys of, of the metallurgy. And then the temperature at which, you know, things happen, you know, the exhaust gases and turbos, you know, they're 1800 degrees or 2000 in some cases, you know, um, and uh, compressor wheel is uh, coming out like at high boost, you know, 100 pounds of boost or something on these these big turbos that we've been playing with for a number of years, like it's a, it's a big, uh, um, 98 millimeters up to 4.1 inches, I guess. So, uh, 106 range for like a single turbo nitrous kind of combo and the biggest stuff. Um, and then like our 85, you know, our Trident through 85, uh, it, that thing, it just, it takes a ridiculous amount of abuse and it, 2000 horsepower on an S400 base with nitrous. If you manage everything well and keep the shaft speeds in that 132,000 range or, you know, 100, 135,000 on that shaft speed is like max, max effort. And it's, um, it's just, uh, it's on the rev limiter, you know, at that point. So it just, it takes a lot of abuse. Um, and then we found, um, uh, what was it? Daniel Hargrove. He was actually in the competition. Like he's legit got a street truck. And uh, this thing's got one of our stainless diesel manifolds on it. We talked to those guys about that setup. Um, we did two wastegate uh, setup, you know, two 45 millimeter wastegates to help keep shaft speed under control. The same wastegates that I run on the Pro Street truck and the Pro Mod, and uh, but with a, a smaller turbo, you know, 85 and some nitrous. And he was he was knocking down uh, 2,050 at the tire with that combination with some nitrous down at beans at uh, one of his beans uh, uh, events that he had there, sled pull dyno day uh, down there in Tennessee. And then um, on the UCC dyno, he was just under uh, 2000. I want to say it was like 1967 in that range. So, and then that's a turbo that we put in the twin turbo kit a lot of times, or a lot of the 590 guys will run that turbo um, at say 1100 horsepower and, and or 1200 horsepower if their trucks are lighter, you know, to achieve that kind of, uh, time. So everything we see on the racetrack kind of makes our, um, daily driver stock appearing, um, you know, stock bolt on stuff that much more better. And it's just amazing to see the progression over the years on what we've been able to learn and transition it to the stock appearing line and make, uh, to make that stuff much better. That was the other thing I was going to ask you because on the, other side of it you have the, the trucks that are racing do you get to do you get time to watch it um i'm sure there's a lot of them uh, competitors that are running your products um as well and they probably seek you out there and ask you questions and stuff but do you get to pay attention to the yeah. the truck side oh yeah yeah like we we, we all kind of help each other back and forth you know um the dirty hooker diesel boys had a mishap there and you know smashed the front end and like we've been uh, trying to help them out a little bit on their suspension. They've been fighting some gremlins, uh, getting that truck down the track. You know, it's the fastest Duramax rear wheel drive in the world. Um, but uh, 
they were pitted with Josh McCormack, um, you know, in the UCC competition. And uh, Josh runs our manifold, and he's got some wastegates on there, and uh, really just a really uh, wild, freedable kind of combination for that truck. Um, and it's a full weight truck, and it's pretty heavy, uh, seven thousand pound truck, you know. So like the UCC event, um, he was really, uh, really did well on the dyno. Like we got to got a chance to sneak over there. He he was having, um, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Saturday night. So like he stuck over or one of his guys snuck over, say, Hey Johnny, you know, we got a minute, sneak over, let's check some stuff out. Um, got some questions. So they were thinking they were having a turbo issue. Um, went over, checked out the turbo. Turbo was really decent, you know, like it looked normal. It it, it wasn't pushing oil out. They were essentially having uh some oil coming out the stack, essentially getting on the windshield, you know, like wet stacking, like it looked like oil. Well, with the soot in the exhaust, um I told them I fired up after I looked at the turbo. And uh, I kind of looked at the the droplets coming out, and I kind of looked at that, and I'm like, man, that's, I think it's water mixed with soot. I think your turbo's good. You know, so I looked at the turbo first, and it didn't tell me any, any signs of, like, bearings being bad or oil pumping out the backside. And I'm like, man, fire that thing up. Let's look at it. So I got a chance to spend some time with those guys, and and, and uh, it, it was a, a filled block, essentially, so Cummins motor, and they were circulating water through the cylinder head. And I'm pretty sure they cracked the cylinder head, probably on the dyno pass, that 20, almost 2,900 horsepower dyno pass, just phenomenal, um, with a big stainless diesel manifold on there and all the nitrous. And um, I was like, man, drain the water out of this bad boy and run it. I said, I think you're going to be fine. And uh, they were like, thanks, Johnny. And then uh, they they did really well, you know, second place overall. And uh, um, just, to, just to, it was fun to kind of to be involved and try to help guys out like that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's right before uh, UCC, I, I did an episode with Josh, and he gave us kind of a walk around, and I saw the manifold. <laughs> I saw the manifold in the engine bay and yeah, and, yeah. and everything. Um, and I think that's probably – it's one of the things that makes it really cool about talking about this event is you, know, you have your car, you're out there racing it. We have the science we can chat about, but then there's also a ton of trucks that are racing, and they're running oh, yeah, either one of your turbos or one of your manifolds or – they're a customer of yours, so you get to see them out there competing. And then you also have guys who maybe aren't racing, but they drove in or they they showed up for it, and they've got questions about, you know, what turbo oh, yeah. should I run on my six seven Cummins or my five nine or my Power Stroke or Duramax? And so, it's like you get everything all in one place. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great time. Uh, you know, like I, I had a little bit of time to spend at the booth to kind of talk to some, just talk to you know patrons, you know, coming in, you know, some some customers and just people that have seen us over the years and. Um, and a lot of them, you know, like a, there's a, one guy that just comes to mind, a couple guys, actually, just, there's a father son there. And I, I always like seeing, you know, the family dynamic, you know, the, the father son stuff, you know, they're, they're both, uh, hanging out in an event together, you know, family time together, you know, uh, that's how I kind of started out. My dad take me to some hot rodding shows and we check out car shows and got me, uh, you know, wound up to be where I'm at today. So I, I kind of like that, but, uh, you know, some fans and been watching us for years and then the, the the son is old enough now to drive and their dad's working on a truck project for him and they're asking questions you know they've been watching for years and now they're ready to do something so i gave them some good advice that you know for where um where they wanted to be for power and what they were doing with a with a nice second gen truck um a vp which is kind of you know close close to my heart you know I like the vp trucks for sure um it's just it's kind of neat to see that dynamic and then uh 
there was another dynamic too. I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, a, a young lady and a and her boyfriend came up, and they were, in, you know, diesel enthusiasts and uh, the farmers. You know, they uh, she she actually pulls horses and things like that. So she had a VP truck, and uh, I gave her some advice on you know turbo sizing versus injector sizing versus uh, you know towability and things like that. So a lot of that kind of neat stuff you get to see. You know, people one on one, and it's a good time. UCC is it never disappoints. Well, along the lines with that VP truck, because I'm sure there's someone listening who has one or um, wants to do something to it. What's a what's a good kind of setup for an application like that where you're towing um, for yeah. you know turbo size injectors? Just setting up a good uh, good work truck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like uh, I mean, like nine times out of ten, you know, not not everybody needs a race truck, and um, I mean, for the most part, the VPs are such a just a good platform. They're you know they're they're a little bit older now, but there's a, there's a ton of them out there and they're kind of like 20 years old and it's like a classic car, you know? So if you can find a really clean one and, uh, just, you know, just, just hang on to it, you know, then things are going to be and like an old Chevelle is today, you know, in a, in a couple more years for sure. Um, but it's, uh, it's basically, you can have a 500 horsepower VP when the factory, they're essentially 225, 235, depending on if you got the HO pump or the SO pump and, you know, automatics and, and stick shift stuff, you know. Um, but for the most part, just a just a good, like a hundred horsepower injector and one of our little stock bolt on like 63, 64s, um, just a good combination you can hit 500 horsepower with 450 and really tow, you know. And then she was wanting something she could grow with, actually. She's like, well, I want to start out here, but, you know, down the road, I might want to want to wick it up to max effort, you know, at some point in like the, the stock SO pumps, we do like a, we've done a ton of dyno testing on. Um, so like our Max Mafia injector, it's just a, it's an augmented spray angle from what the factory one is. And we've figured out a way to advance the timing essentially with the injector spray nozzle angle being corrected for more of a performance application. Um, so like a, our six by 13 injector, so it's relatively small. Um, in in the world of things, um, it'll make with a set of compounds like our not street compounds like the sixty three and a four eighty combination. It'll make anywhere from say six hundred and six eighty six all the way up to like seven twenty at the tire, and you can tow with it and drive with it uh, with just like an edge juice or like a adrenaline box on it. So um, just really good combination. It's driver friendly. Uh, you can take it and and. Uh, you know, get down almost 770 with the right truck combination with that kind of power. So it's uh, really good for the VP guys to have that ability now, uh, just bolt on stuff and drivability. So it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely, it helps. That's one of the, the common questions we get is somebody who wants, they want more power to be able to complete a task, which is usually towing, but then they'll say, but I might want a little bit more in the future. So how do I, take that into yep. account <laughs> yep so yeah it's like having your cake and eating it too yeah. uh with a, with a set of compounds i mean obviously you're running two turbos instead of one but you get the drivability and the top end power um everything with a single turbo i tell guys it's really a kind of a trade-off you know i mean you can have a mid-sized turbo that really does do it all but you might be lacking a little bit on the top end or a little bit on the bottom end um for what you're doing so it just depends uh what what the goals are with the truck and what you what you do with it you know 80 90 percent of the time yeah well and, and you, there's so many trucks that you guys 
have worked on, owned, have customers that own that there's those recipes for a common rail. Those there's recipes for, you know, Power Stroke and Duramax yep. and, and all those. So um, I'm sure if people have oh, yeah. questions and want to reach out to you and do something similar with another year truck or a make of truck, you guys got the information to be, to be able to help them. Oh, for sure. Um, it was sure. really, yeah. it was really cool chatting with you. And I, I was watching as much as I could, um, the different events and everything. And I was like, I got to get Johnny on after UCC chat with them about it. Um, you guys are doing an awesome yeah, job. Yeah. Set some records and won the big race again, uh, second year in a row for UCC and, uh, winning pro mod. So it's, a it's awesome for the team and the car and, uh, brand new build, you know, it uh, makes us feel really good. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I can't wait to see you guys out there doing it again. And, uh, be able to see the new, new records, you know, I'm sure there's some more that, that you're going to be aiming for the rest of the year. So, Oh yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate you chatting with me and, and, uh, recapping it and getting me a kind of an inside look or behind the scenes, look at an event that is on my list. I do want to go, but I haven't been. And just being able to understand more of what it's like from your side as a competitor, as a company that makes, um, you know, quality parts, um, that is heavily involved in the community and the industry uh, of truck owners. It's cool to see it from your perspective. Heck yeah, man. Like I said, uh, just great being on with you, buddy. You know, getting a little background on the racing side and with the products we do offer, you know, anybody got any questions, definitely get with, uh, you know, email us here, uh, stainlessdiesel.com, just sales at stainlessdiesel.com. And of course, uh, give us a ring and uh, we'd be happy to help you out. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear if you're in the market for a knife or hunting, fishing, EDC, something to have at the job site or around the house. Their latest model is a Duralock model. It, the, the blade is made out of D2 steel, and they've got a bunch of different blade designs, also handle designs um, as well. And the opening mechanism is super smooth, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. So definitely make sure head on over and check it out if you're in the market. also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. Tyler Lowen at 23Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, or on our Discord, follow us on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you guys even more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.